Good evening. Thank you for coming. Welcome. Um, tonight's shear uh, was sponsored by my in-laws, um, Reb Mordechai Weiss, and his, uh, my mother-in-law. This is an honor of my mother-in-law's father, my my wife's grandfather, grandfather of my children, Baruch Tzvi, Baruch Hersh Ben Avram Aryeh, whose yard site was the 13th of Teves, just on, what was that? I think on, on uh, Sunday. May his neshama have a very great aliyah to the greatest of heights. And may he channel lots of brachas to the entire Weiss family, uh, to the offshoot Wolf family, and to all, 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 all Yidden. For only good, only mazel, only bracha, only wonderful, wonderful good things. Should be only mazel tovs and happy, happy, happy things in the family. Another dedication on tonight's class was by Rabbi and Mrs. Yossi and Ray Shigalov. This is in honor of a granddaughter's birthday. Tovayata Shabbat and her parents, Lavana Bina and Avramoisha Greenstein, and their brother Tuvia Zakai. Now, I would be, it would be really amazing that all have their birthdays. I know Tovayata Shabbat for sure has a birthday. Others and her parents, or maybe they also have their birthday then. Whoever has a birthday in the Greenstein family should be blessed with a wonderful Shnas Brach a wonderful good year, and only, only, only great spiritual and material growth in, in, in good health, and only much, much nachas to the grandparents, much, much nachas and goodness to the entire Mishpacha, and... Um, and uh, yeah, only, only, only good. Another dedication was by Ruth Devora Wallen, and this is in honor of the Yomtiv of Heitavis, which we had last week. It was a Yomtiv related to the it's a Hasidish Yomtiv related to the releasing of the library, the previous Chabad Rebbe uh, that was 
uh, challenge. That's a whole long story, but uh, it's a day, a very special day, very, very big day of a lot of bracha. May Hashem help that those brachas and miracles related to that day should come upon you and your family for all that you need and all that you want and for all of the Jewish people. Thank you so much for all those that dedicated. Um, I am going to say that I am a little tzemisht and tzemisht because I just flew back on a very long flight uh, from Melbourne, Australia. I bring regards to our Los Angeles community and over here of a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful Jewish community that I had the merit of inspiring and speaking to them for about a week and a half, a whole lot of speeches. And uh, now, um, so I'm just a little tired, so I hope I get through this the way I should. Hashem is going to help. I'm going to fire up that engine, and it's going to be even better than ever. Be'ezras Hashem. Okay. Uh, so to begin, to begin. Um, I always like to, to focus on the Parsha, and current events. See, every year we get a new parsha, we get a new Torah, we get a, and every year we have a new world, and we see how the parsha reflects the themes of the world. And this time I want to focus on the Jewish world. I want to focus on something extremely beautiful and beautiful and beautiful that, the, that has just been displayed by the Jewish people and in relationship to the upcoming, up-and-coming redemption because that's the theme. The theme these days is the up-and-coming redemption, which Baruch Hashem, we are hearing the footsteps of Moshiach getting more stronger and stronger from day to day. So now, um, so we take a look. This week we began reading a new Sefer, Sefer Shemois. And in the Parsha we read how Moshe Rabbeinu, when he uh, began, when he was growing up in the, in, the, in the palace of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's palace, and he went outside one day, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Jew. And the Moshe Rabbeinu stood up to defend this Jewish man that was being beaten by the Egyptian. And Moshe Rabbeinu struck him, either with, his, either with physically, or he has, as it says, he struck him with pronouncing God's name. And Moshe put him away and he buried him in the sand. So, um, basically he got rid of a, of a major anti-Semite. Then... The next day, Moshe Rabbeinu goes out again, and he sees two Jewish people that are quarreling with each other. And they're fighting, and one of them raises their arm to, to, to hit the other. Moshe Rabbeinu rebukes him, calling him, you wicked one, why are you hitting your friend? And this guy, with his chutzpah, with his tremendous brazenness, answers back to Moshe, who do you think you are to mix in to meddle in our business? And he says, um, are you... And he says, who, who appointed you? You became the, uh, the, uh, the appointed one over all of us. Sar, you became a minister, Shofit, you became a judge. Oleinu upon us. Are you planning to kill us? Are you saying that you want to kill us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Moshe was afraid. And he said, Perhaps, behold, the matter has become known to me. So simply, Moshe got scared. Because now he thought it was a problem. No one saw when he killed the Egyptian. It was kind of, because it says openly that Moshe looked this way and that way. He didn't want to do this publicly. When he saw no one was there, he killed him because it was a very big violation and a very big crime to kill um, the, the, this, you know, one of these Egyptian officers, one of these taskmasters. And especially for, killing, for beating a Jew. What, what was a Jew? A Jew was nothing. So Moshe Rabbeinu got terrified. He got really, really scared. And that's a simple. And he said, it's known, and now, and now Paro is going to find out about it, and I'm in trouble. 
However, Rashi or brings a medrash where Rashi says, or medrashay, and the medrash is Dogloi, Moshe Rabbeinu got very scared. He got worried. Al Sharabi Yisrael Rishayim Dil Turin. Moshe Rabbeinu saw wicked Jews or Chasashom. He saw amongst the Jewish people wicked people that are gossipers. He said, from now, maybe the Jewish people are not worthy to be redeemed. Because he saw that they're speaking Lashon Hara, they're speaking bad on each other, which he heard them speaking about him, that they said something negative about him. You did so and so. They pointed out a fault on Moshe. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu said his fear wasn't for his own safety. His fear was, he feared for the Jewish people, that because of this sin, they are unworthy for redemption. And in the next Pasuk, again, not in the next Pasuk, in the next Rashi, Rashi makes a statement similar to that. We're going to get to that in a minute. Now this statement of Rashi is really taken from the Medrash. Not taken, but you find that it originates in the Medrash. Let me read to you the Medrash Tanchuma. Medrash Tanchuma in Shemois. It says, Mis, uh, here, Moshe was afraid. This is in Medrash Tanchuma, Perek Yud, in Shemois. Now it became known the matter. What became known? He said, There is amongst you um, gossip or evil or Lashon Hara, negative talk or evil talk. So how are you worthy for the redemption? So Moshe Rabbeinu clearly sees this as a, as a very great obstacle to the, to the redemption of the Jewish people. Is not allowing kind of Moshiach to come in the Moshiach that they were waiting then, first redemption. That is Moshe Rabbeinu's, that is Moshe Rabbeinu's um, worry and concern. Now, um, so this needs a little bit, this needs a little clarification. We need to understand. So we find that the Jewish people were guilty from the pretty, pretty, pretty severe crimes. And that's crimes, but severe sins, put it this way, severe sins. We find that when the Jewish people, later by the Yamsuf, the sea didn't want to split before them. The sea didn't want to split before them because the sea looked at them and the sea said, they serve idols and the Egyptians serve idols. We know the biggest sin is the sin of idolatry. And the Jewish people served idols in Mitzrayim. And therefore, uh, and that's why the sea didn't want to split. In the end, even though the Jews served idols, they were still redeemed. So how can it, and we find another interesting thing, I'll share with you something from the Medrash. You see in other places that the Jewish people served idols in Mitzrayim, but here's an interesting Medrash. The Medrash actually says that, emphasizing that the Jewish people were redeemed even though they served idols. Where is that? By the hate of the, the um, eagle. When the Jewish people made an eagle, they made a golden calf. Moshe Rabbeinu says, um, Hashem, why God, why are you getting angry at your people? Which people? That you took out of Egypt. So the Medrash says, Why does he mention now that you took them out of Egypt? Quite on the contrary, that seems to make it worse. God did so much for them, and now they rebelled against him. He shouldn't have said that. When, when, you want to, when you want to calm someone down, when he gets angry at someone else for doing something, you're not going to go to that person and say, well, you did so much for that person. 
you were so kind to them, you did so and so, that only makes their violation greater that they sinned against you. So why is Moshe Rabbeinu saying, you took them out of Eden? He should have said, why are you getting upset at your people? Not emphasizing that Hashem is going to feel even more hurt, kind of by the fact that they didn't, that they're not listening. So the Medrash says, you're upset at them that they serve idols, you want to dump them when, because they serve idols? Ribbonoila, master of the world, where'd you take them out? Not from Egypt where they were all idolaters. You can learn the Medrash two things. The Medrash is saying, that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, you can't really hold them accountable because you just took them out of Egypt and in Egypt they were all, they served idols. They're steeped in paganism, in pagan culture. But what do you see upon him from here? Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to the Ebishter that notwithstanding the fact that the Jewish people served idols, you still took them out of Egypt. If that's the case, how come it is so certain by Moshe Rabbeinu that because the Yidans speak Lash and Hara, they don't deserve to be redeemed? What's that certainty? Idolatry is pretty serious. Eh? Um, now, the truth is, Lash and Hara, pretty, pretty, pretty serious business. The Talmud tells us in Mesechtas Erechen, the Talmud says over here, Mesechtas Erechen, Daf Tes Vav Amad Beis, page 15 on the second side, it says in the Medrash, in the, the Gemara, that Lashon Hara is really, really bad. Kol HaMesapel Lashon Hara, whoever speaks Lashon Hara, ki'ilu kafar be'ikar. It's as if he denied, he, he, he's, he's, he's an apostate, as if he literally denies God. Oh, so that's, but, but okay, so that's bad. Okay, but you see the Jewish people served idols, and yet they were redeemed. So even if Lashon Hara is so bad, like it's, and secondly, it doesn't say when someone speaks Lashon Hara, they serve the idols. When they speak Lashon Hara, it's as if, and whenever there is an as if, means it's a little less than that. Okay, now we go further, the Gemara actually says worse. The Gemara says, Rabbi Shemal says, Kalam Lashon Hara, if anybody speaks Lashon Hara, Magdal Avoynois, this person makes increases sins, that's as bad as the three cardinal sins. Avoides kachavim, serving idols. Gili arayas, immorality. And forbidden relationships. Ushvichas damim, and murder and spilling of blood. So you see, Lashon Har is considered a very, very serious sin. I understand that. But it still needs to be understood that why this is considered so bad that just on Lashon Hara itself is Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that he understands that the Jewish people don't deserve Chas Shalom to be redeemed. It seems a little bit hard to say. Now, we do find something else. The Gemara says, and, and the Rabbeinu Bachaya brings it over here. It's a Talmud Yerushalmi. In the Jerusalem Talmud it says that we find that the, during the times of King David, of David HaMelech, the Jewish people were all tzaddikim. They were very, very religious and when it came to observance of mitzvahs, they were extremely observant. But they had one problem. They didn't get along with each other. And they would, they would speak against each other, and they would fight with each other. So because they, they, they had machloikas, they went out to war, and when they went out to war, they, they were, they, they, they would, they, people would fall. They won the battles, but the, it came at the cost of life. It says here, yeah, and he, he brings over here that they were such huge Talmidei Chachamim that for every subject they can give you 49 ways of why it should be kosher or 45 names why it should be not kosher or Tameh or Torah. 49. And in each thing they, were, they had such knowledge of Torah. But yet, um, 
they, they, they fell at war. And then, uh, they went out to war, the Neuflim, and they fell. Why? Because they had amongst them people that gossiped. Um, but then, the generation of Achav. Achav's generation, the people were very non-religious. And they were, they were apostates, they served idols. They were the, the observant situation of the Jewish people was in a very, very poor state in terms of religious observance. But everybody, the people, the people were close to each other. They loved each other. They got along very nicely. And therefore, when they went out to war, and they, and they, and they, and they were victorious, and no one fell, everybody came out alive. So you see from the Rishalmi that there is a, a there's, yes, as shocking as it might sound, we might think that religious observance is everything. Well, the way we treat each other and the way we get along with each other is of incredible, incredible significance, in some ways even overriding the religious observance. But really you can, and, and then you can say the same thing over here. In our case, Moshe Rabbeinu sees that as well. However, it's not exactly the same, because you can say, which would make sense, that when you're going out to war, you need a special bracha of Hashem to protect them. A special divine presence that no one should fall. When you go to war, automatically some people will fall. It's just, you know, even on the winning team, people will lose. It's just, it's just, it's not impossible that no one will fall. Right? You have gunfire coming from all directions. Chas v'shalem. So you need a special divine bracha, Hashem's presence. Ki Hashem goes out, is going out amongst you and to protect you. Oh, so we know that God can only dwell where there is shalom, where there is peace. So that brings the Abish to Zashra special bracha of shalom. Chas shalom, there is no peace. People are not getting, we're all fragmented. There's a lack of Ashra of the dwelling of the Shechina amongst the Jewish people. The divine presence can't dwell amongst them. And then you go to war, you're kind of susceptible to the natural force, the natural state, and the natural state, some will fall. So that's a special inyam and a gate to going to war. But why is that? Um, emphasized over here to be that Lashon Hara is considered so bad that this is going to interfere with the redemption and the Jews are not. To make matters worse, we will take a look in the way the Medrash says this. I told you before from the Medrash Tanchuma, where Medrash Tanchuma says one idea, that what? The Jewish people are not worthy to be redeemed because they, serve, because they spoke Lashon Hara. If you take a look at Medrash Tanchuma, I'm sorry, a Medrash Rabbah. So Medrash Rabbah in our parsha says as follows. Um, uh, okay. when, the, when the guy said to him, um, uh, when the guy told him, I'm going to, when the person yelled at him, Are you, do you think you're a minister, you're a shofit upon us? We're going to inform We are going to inform Paro what you spoke. We're going to tell the authorities of what you did to the Egyptians. And then Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kivin Shashama Kane, when Moshe heard this, Nisyara Malashan Hara. Moshe Rabbeinu got scared from Lashan Hara. That's what he feared. He feared not for his life. He feared that their state, he looked at the Jewish people and he feared for them. That they're Nebuch, that they're, they're in, this, in, this, in, this, in this pathetic state that they're speaking Lashan, this is harming them. Then he says, Oh, the matter has been revealed. Rabbi Huda Bar Shalom Bersham Rabbi Hanina Hagadol. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Shalom, in the name of Rabbi Hanina HaGad, over Rabbi Seinu B'Shem Rabbi Lekzandari, and Rabbi Seinu in the name of Rabbi Lekzandari, Omar, he says, Moshe Rabbeinu was always thinking. You see, Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to be the redeemer of the Jewish people. 
There is no one in the world that feels the heartbeat and the pulse of the Jewish people like the one who is meant to be the Redeemer. He feels them and he feels their pain like no, like no other person. So Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't sleep. Moshe Rabbeinu walked around deeply hurt and in pain all the time when the Jewish people were in exile. V'oymer and he said, What did the Jewish people sin that they deserve to be enslaved from all the nations? They're the ones that are enslaved. When he heard this guy speaking Lashon Hara, He said, there's Lashon Hara amongst them. How will they be fit for the Geulah? It became known to me. Now I know. I know for what crime they are being enslaved. What we see in the Medrash Rabba over here, more than what we saw in the Medrash Tanchuma, than what we saw so far in Rashi, so far, is that Moshe Rabbeinu is now not only saying the Jewish people don't deserve a miraculous intervention by God to redeem them. In other words, the situation is they fell into a situation, they're, they're enslaved, they're in, a, they're in a messed up situation. They need to have a great redemption. Now for that you need big schusim, you need merits. And Moshe Rabbeinu is saying the fact that they speak Lashon Hara, that's interfering with that, with, 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 with the, with the, with the giyula, doesn't allow the giyula to come. But in Medrash Rabbah, it's saying much worse than that, much greater than that. Not only that, that this, they don't deserve redemption because of the Lashon Hara, but it's Chas V'Shalem saying that they deserve to be enslaved because of that. In other words, the, the, the actual enslavement, and, to, and, and look at Rashi. Rashi says that also strongly. The next Rashi, see there's two Rashis here. And again, in the Pasuk test, um, Yudalad, yeah, where it speaks about okay, noida adavar, the second round of Midrashi. Noida li adavar, it became known to me that Shayisi Tameya all of I was wondering, Ma Khatu Yisrael Makoshuvim Shivim Umois Lios Nirdam Avoidus Parach. What did the Jewish people sin to be to be to be to be subjected to such a backbreaking labor? Avaroyani, I see Shamruyam Lakach, they're deserving this. These words of Rashi. They are deserving to be enslaved. And, and, and through this oppressive regime and the suffering that they have because of the Lashon Hara. So that's already taking it to a whole new level, Rashi and the Medrash. Not only they don't deserve to be redeemed, but they deserve the enslavement. So this we need to understand why that is. And another thing that needs to be understood is like, okay, are we the only ones who speak Lashon Hara? Do the Jewish people speak Lashon Hara more than the Gentile nations? What are we saying over here? From all the Gentile nations, and I, and I know we're, we're hard on ourselves. I know we're going to say, oh, Jews, Jews. <laughs> when you get put a few Jews in a shul, you're going you're to have people fighting this, that. And that. Okay, you know what? And you put Gentiles together, they also fight. <laughs> it's not like, it's not. And to say that from all the 70 nations, we so far, chas v'shalom, outdo the rest of the nations in terms of Lashon Hara, that we're the only ones who deserve, in other words, if, let's say Lashon Hara is such a big crime that people who speak Lashon Hara deserve to be, to be oppressed. Yeah. So, dude, are the Jewish people so much worse in this than everybody else? Doesn't seem, that doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't add up. The other interesting thing is that we need some explanation is, when you take a look at the actual um, thing that it says over here that the Jewish people have, their, their sin is they spoke Lashon Hara, 
when you look at the story, oh, now, I mentioned Rashi. Rashi says it in two Rashis, one after another. One of them has an explanation why Moshe was afraid, and the other one has an explanation when he says, oh, now it became known to me. So on, on the fear, Rashi says the fear wasn't for his life. The fear was for, for that he's worried that they don't, they don't deserve to be redeemed. That's all he says. He's worried they don't, that's the first thing, he, they don't deserve to be redeemed. Then when later when he, when, when he says, it became known to me, what became known to him, this is the word, a worse factor. What's the worst factor? That because they speak Lashon Hara, they actually deserve to be enslaved. So the question is, if Lashon Hara calls for a harsher punishment, that they deserve to be enslaved, follow. If Lashon Hara calls for a harsher punishment, that the Jewish people, Chas v'sholem, deserve to be enslaved because of that, so then why, do I, why does Rashi also have to tell us the thing before that they don't deserve to be redeemed? Of course, if you even deserve to be punished, of course you don't deserve to come out of a situation. So what do we have from the first thing that kind of stands on its own without the second thing, the second one overpowers the first. And, and included in that second idea that they don't deserve to be redeemed is already included that what? That, I'm sorry, included in the second thing that they deserve to be, to be enslaved is already included they don't deserve to be redeemed. Okay? The other thing is, when we, we, Rashi keeps on saying, and everybody keeps on saying, they spoke Lashon Hara, they spoke Lashon Hara, they spoke Lashon Hara. I mean, over here there was something much worse than Lashon Hara. They were informers. How did Paro find out that Moshe killed the Egyptian? They went to Paro. These were two bad guys. Dasan and Aviram. They went to Paro. And they were the ones who said that, 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 that they did it. The Medrash Tanchumat says it clearly over here. Haim Hoshinu Allah. They were the ones who informed on him. And so we have later also Rashi says it when, when Hashem tells to Moshe Rabbeinu, you can go back to Egypt. You have nothing to worry anymore. Don't be afraid of the people that are after you. So Rashi says, so the Pasuk says, because they died already. And Rashi explains they didn't die. It's just they lost their money. And without having money, they lost their influence. So the, the influence that they had in, 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 in the hierarchy there in Paros with the government officials, they, they, they became kind of unimportant because they didn't have any money. So Rashi says, they were the people who want to kill you because they're the ones who informed that you were in Paro. That's Dasan and Avira. So, um, clearly, so, they, so these people did something much worse. It's, now, we know that the worst sin a Jew can do, one of the worst things you can do, is chas v'shalom, be emulsion. So much Jewish, the Jewish people, Bechlau, treated someone who was a moiser. A moiser meant someone who would go and give over uh, to, and, and snitch to the, to the authorities about the Jewish people, about whether this one does it so, and so on and so, this one didn't pay his taxes, or this one, whatever it is. Omoiser was always treated the worst of the worst, to the point that many times people actually, it's there's certain halachas about what you're allowed to do with Omoiser, and sometimes it's pretty, pretty serious. What, what couldn't, right? So throughout history, we have many stories of how, they, how the Jewish communities dealt with Omoiser, because basically this person was handing over Jews into the hands of the Gentiles and many times, and it had devastating effects. So we know a Mesira is the worst thing. And here, these guys were mis- Yet, you take a look in the, in, 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 the Medrash, in the Medrash Rabbah that I shared with you before. They said, the Medrash says clearly, they told Moshe Rabbeinu, we are going to tell Paro upon you. And Moshe Rabbeinu gets scared from the Lashon Hara. It doesn't say get scared. 
And even if, the, even if you're saying, okay, he, he's scared not because of the impact on him that he's going to be in trouble, but the fact that they're sinning, but their sin in informing is worse than their sin of Lashon Har. So why doesn't he say, Moshe Rabbeinu got scared because if you guys can be so wicked that you can inform on another Jew, doesn't say that. Just about Lashon Har. Now Rashi keeps on using the word Dal, dal Turin. Right, there, are, there are amongst you Dal Turin. So the word Dalturin is actually questionable. In many places in Chazal, it's used for Dalturin means someone who walks around. He's a gossiper. That's Dalturin. There are some times that the word Dalturin is used for an informer. But I'll be this. In most places, Dalturin means a gossiper. So if that's the case, again, we're emphasizing the fact that they spoke Lush and Hara. Not so much the fact that they're doing something worse. Okay. So now, um, to understand this, let's, one more, one more interesting observation. The Medrash tells us in the end, in Vayikra, this is not a Medrash Rabba over here, this is a Medrash in Vayikra. It says like this, that, um, oh, it, uh, you know, the whole story of this whole fight came about, this whole quarrel came about because someone, a man was fighting with the other man because this guy wanted to divorce his wife. One of the men divorced his wife. And her brother stuck up for her sister. Why did he divorce his wife? Because she had relations with an Egyptian. The Jewish people were very, very careful. They were very, the Jewish people were very moral in Mitzrayim. And it came to, especially the Jewish women, not one Jewish woman uh, uh, had, had um, relations with a Mitzri. That just was, the, it was an amazing thing. It was a miracle of miracles. That's why Sarah Yemenu, our, our grandmother Sarah, went down to Mitzrayim and she was saved from Paris' house. She paved the way for her granddaughters. Because you imagine, this was, a culture, this was a people that were enslaved. Enslaved by people who Rashi says their, their main wickedness was their, 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 their sexual misbehavior. And here they had all the Jewish women kind of enslaved, and yet not one of, of the Jewish women was ever abused in that, in that manner. But there's one exception. This Mitzri came in, he tricked her, the husband, a whole story. This was one. So in, uh, the, the, her name was, Shlo, uh, whatever, Shloim is Basdivri, whole story. So that's how the fight came about. So in that, in the Psukim in Vayikra, it says that this son of this woman, this woman became pregnant from the Egyptian, and this man turned out to be the baby that was born, turned out to be someone who later um, spoke in a very uh, in, in blasphemy. He, he cursed Chasfashalim above, whatever. This son, because he was a son of this. So now, and, and during that story, the Medrash says over there as follows. Rav Hunabir Shemchiyabar Abba Allahom, sorry. Omareb, hold on here. Rav Omar Rav says, Beshem, in the name of. Could be Bar Kapara. It's a base kuf. But it's a, could be it's Bar Kapara. He says in the name, "Bishvil Dalid Dvarim Nigalu Yisrael Mitzrayim." For the sake of four things, the Jewish people came out of Egypt in the merit of four things. What are the four things? Shloishinu Hashemam. They didn't change their names. Vesloishinam. They didn't change their language. The Jewish people kept Jewish names in Egypt. Throughout Egyptian, they did not. Um, kind of want to assimilate with the Egyptians to change their names, give themselves Egyptian-sounding names. They kept, they retained their Jewish names. Also, their language. They spoke a distinct language. Hebrew was the language the Jews spoke. And another thing, v'loi amru lashon hara, they didn't say lashon hara. You don't find anybody that, that anybody that was, um, 
anybody that was uh, that's, that sinned in, 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 with sexual immorality. That's what it says. All the Jewish people were holy. Were, were, that's in, and these are the four merits the Jewish people have. So the first thing I want to just make an interesting observation. It seems like there's a medrash over here is in conflict with with what we said earlier. We're saying that Jewish people spoke Lashon Hara. Moshe Rabbeinu therefore is worried and he says, you guys, chas v'shalom, don't deserve to be redeemed. And here the Medrash says that the four merits the Jewish people have is they didn't speak Lashon Hara. So Mefer should pick up on this. And here's two possible answers. The, the Kliyakar says that the Jewish people really didn't serve, didn't have, didn't, didn't speak Lashon Hara. When Moshe Rabbeinu said that what? That, that because they speak Lashon Hara, he got worried that they don't deserve to be redeemed. That was, happened to be, because Moshe Rabbeinu happened to have met the one rot, rotten apple amongst the Jewish people. He met the two people who speak Lashon Hara. But, but, but generally, the Jews were very, did not abstain from Lashon Hara. Comes out, according to that, Moshe Rabbeinu also rushed to judgment a little bit. He, Chas v'shalom, accuses the Jewish people. I haven't seen anywhere that I want to say that, but I'm just saying it's interesting. That according that, it's, it's not Takanat Emes. It was the fact these two people spoke Lashon Hara. But the Kliyakar says clearly it wasn't Emes. It's not true. Yidin did not, like he brings from the Medrash, that this was a merit of him. From the Medrash Tanchuma, however, that I quoted you before, the Astad says Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid the Jewish people don't deserve to be redeemed because they speak Lashon Hara. The Medrash says, and now Moshe Rabbeinu left Mitzrayim. And during the time that Moshe Rabbeinu went away for 20 years, now it's interesting, the Mepharshim all point out in the Medrash, that Moshe didn't leave for 20 years. They left for longer. So they say it's a mistake in the Medrash. You have to say 40 or 60 years. That Moshe Rabbeinu ran away and he went to Midian. He went to get his wife. He went to Yisro. So during that time period, the Jewish people shaped up. And they stopped speaking Lashon Har. So their Lashon Har, at that time, yes. Maybe because once Moshe Rabbeinu um, um, recognized it, and maybe because Moshe was aware of it, and him being the power to fix the Jewish people, he elevated and he worked on it spiritually to change this, and to, or maybe he told them that this is a problem that you guys got to work on. I don't know, but that's what it says in Midrash. After this incident, they kind of did tshuva, and they for the Midrash has twenty years, but as I told you, the other mafarshim say it was a longer period, and during that time they repaired the damage and they stopped speaking lashonar in the beginning. But al them, we do find that there are four merits that the Medrash says, four things that the Jewish people deserved in order to go out of Mitzrayim. They, they kept their identity through their names, their language, their not speaking Lashon Hara, and they didn't intermarry with the Egyptians. They, they, they kept their morality. That's what it says. So here seems to be a problem. What's the problem? The Medrash mentions Lashon Hara that we see. And that we see, it seems to be a major element over here in the Giula, is that the Jewish people need to, need, need to be careful with this. But the difference between our Medrashim and the Medrash, and that Medrash, and Medrash Nachum, is there it seems that Lashon Hara is one of the things amongst four other virtues. There are three other things, and one of the, and, and four things that kept the Jewish people being special, and that's how they redeemed. So Lashon Hara is one of them. When it comes, however, to the Medrashim that, we, that I was just sharing with you, including Rashi, Medrash Tanchuma, Medrash Rabbah, all these places, Medrash Rabbah by us, emphasize very strongly that the sin, that Lashon Hara itself, is what kept the Jewish people in, in, in the Golas, which would seem to be that without Lashon Hara, they were worthy to be redeemed. So how do we make sense of that? Do they need all four merits? Or is this itself? And it's hard to say, we might kind of suggest that could be 
these two medrashim, meaning the sages who said these, this medrash and that medrash, their argument that they had was how serious Lashon Hara is. According to one, we'll say one medrash holds that Lashon Hara corresponds to all three cardinal sins. Like we said from the Gemara, one of the opinions in the Gemara is Lashon Hara is equal to all four, car, three cardinal sins. Oh, so then Lashon Hara itself is an obstacle for Giyula. It's an obstacle for the redemption. However, the other medrash that says that Lashon Hara is one of the things that the Yidin, that was the fact that they didn't speak Lashon Hara was a merit. They, this, this medrash minimizes Lashon Hara. Maybe they hold like the Gemara that says that Lashon Hara is only like a person serves an idol, but only one sin, like idolatry, but it's not Mamash idolatry. It's hard to say that that's the argument. How serious is Lashon Hara? So therefore we have to really go much deeper into the whole thing and really, really, really figure out the crunch and the essence of this. It's a very, very amazing and a very important idea. You see, when the Jewish people went out of Egypt, when the Yidin went out of Mitzrayim, the Jewish people became a nation. And we were then considered to be born as a nation. Before that, we were descendants from, we were a bunch of tribes coming from, you know, we were the Hebrews, descendants of, of, of the patriarchs, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, but the Jewish people didn't have yet a classification that they should be classified as a people, as a nation. And it's, it's, so it says, this idea that the Jewish people were born, our birth is in Mitzrayim, this is the, 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 the um, metaphor, the terms that are used in Ezekiel, in Yecheskel, where it describes how the Abishter, when he took us out of Mitzrayim, it describes it mamish as a birth as a Leda, as a birth. It's thing that before that we didn't exist, even though all the people were there, but we didn't exist as a, as a people. We were born as a people when Adam is right. Rashi, actually to Pasekos, so in Pasha's Vayigash, the Ebershta says to the Jewish people, to Yaakov Avinu, ki legoi gadol, a great nation, asimcha sham. Hashem says to Yaakov, don't be afraid to go down to Mitzrayim. Why? Ki legoi gadol, a great nation, asimcha sham. I will place you over there in Mitzrayim, I will make you into a great nation. And the, I mean, you could emphasize it means a great nation, but they were a nation before already, or the emphasis is you're even becoming a nation over there now, you're just a lot of descendants. You're a, you know, a big family, descendants, but not a, not a nation, not a people. You're becoming a people. When you go to, we also find that the Ebershter says, Hashem came and distinguished. He came to take, he came to extract a people from amongst another people. He did like a, 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 a surgery in which he extracted the Jewish people Am Yisrael, from the surrounding people, from the rest of the population. And he distinguished them as what? As a people. That happened by Yitzhi Mitzrayim. We became a people. And now, based on this, we can understand that the main element in... in uh, now, when Hashem now took us out and made us into a people, what does that mean to become a people? A people is a unified entity. That's the definition of a people. What makes us into a thing? We're a unified entity. So when, we be, when we're born as a people, that means we are now an absolute unity, an absolute, an absolute oneness. So now we can understand why it was so important that the Jewish people should have unity amongst themselves. 
as a prerequisite for going out of Mitzrayim. Because for God to be able to choose the Jewish people, I'm going to see so in a moment that the choice of Hashem choosing them is like the most important factor over here. For the fact that the Jewish people to be an Am, to be, to be an Am, they have to be an Am Echad, they have to be a one nation. Lush and Hara is all about fragmentation and the, the, the disintegration of that oneness. The Lush and Hara is the opposite of that, of that, of that oneness. Let's for one moment just, before we, before we continue discussing the idea of a, a nation and a people, let's analyze for a moment the various different aspects of Lush and Hara in the negativity of Lush and Hara. Okay, let's, let's take a look at Lush and Hara. Because really, and because here, see, what we're really emphasizing over here is just because, you know, people can be very firm with Lashon Hara, and very, very, and we, we should be, very, 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 very cautious and very careful, but highlighting other, other, other at various different aspects of it. And we're talking about over here, what was Negea, is one point that's very subtle, that maybe, maybe because of that it doesn't get noticed. And that is like this. If you're looking at, say, Lashon Hara is a bad thing, you can look at it from the perspective of what? When you're speaking Lashon Hara, you're speaking gossip about someone, you're harming people. People get harmed really bad about, from Lashon Hara. Like you ruin someone's reputation. And you say something bad about someone. Then you can't even fix it. Even if, let's say, a person's reputation was harmed. Or we once discussed spiritually you're harming someone. Because when you speak Lashon Hara, you cause that negative trait that the person is trying to deal with to be intensified. So Lashon Hara is a really bad thing in terms of it's, it's harmful to the one that it is being, you're damaging another person, that's really bad. So you can look at Lashon Hara in terms of its negative effect on the one that is spoken. Then there's another aspect of Lashon Hara. Not the one that it is spoken about, but that it's revealing the Schlechtskeit, if you can say, I don't have a better word for that, and some words are better in Yiddish, the Schlechtskeit of the speaker. Schlechtskeit means the, the, the evil of the speaker. Why are you seeing bad? Why are you noticing bad in other people? It's because you have an evil streak in yourself. When people notice bad in others, like the Baal Shem Tov says, it's an indication that this thing is it's really your problem, it's your issue, and you're noticing in others. So Lashon Hara is an element. In other words, the fact that someone is a gossiper saying Lashon Hara is a sign that, there is, that the person himself is full of flawed. Tzadikim, elevated people, they don't see bad in others. They see always the good in other people. So the fact is, that's the ra in the... So again, there is the bad in regards to the recipient. You're harming that person. Or it's that this person is doing something bad. But then there's something else. And here's, here's the subtlety. It has nothing to do with the harm you're harming that individual. And it has nothing to do with your chas and negativity or, 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 or jealousy or, or what would you say? What, what causes a person to speak Lashon Hara? It's envy, it's jealousy, it's this kind of a... It's hatred and things like that. So... It's possible for a person to speak Lush and Hara. Let's imagine a case like this. There's absolutely no intention to harm the other person. I don't want, if I would know it would harm you, I would never say it. I don't want to harm you. Uh, and also, I have no hatred against this person. I mamish have, don't have a tiny bit of hatred or animosity or, or jealousy or envy, nothing. I don't have anything in that. So why am I speaking Lush and Hara? Why is the person saying Lush? Saying Lashonaris, why not? I mean, I, I, I see, you know, I saw something bad. I say, I spoke about it. What's the idea? And here's the main, the main point. The main point is there is a lack of a sense of oneness between, between us. There is a certain, there's a lack of that camaraderie. What's the right word? Camaraderie. Yeah, I always have a hard time saying that word. There is a lack of that sense of brotherhood. And I'll give you a simple example. 
on ourselves, we don't naturally speak bad. We don't get up there and, I mean, unless someone has a problem, a serious issue, so then they have to go, you know, see a therapist or something. Generally, a person on their own, they don't like, you don't like to flaunt your, your faults. You, you like to hide them. So if you feel that if you really have this deep connection with, with your neighbor, with the friends, with people you see in shul, with people in the community, stop, you, you feel connected. There's this deep sense of connection between one and the other. You, you, you wouldn't say negative about each other. So then again, it's not about the harm. Let's say there's no harm. It's not about chas It's showing that there is this, you have a chas as I said earlier, a shlechtskeit. There's this negative inside of Chas Roshon, the person, and that's why I'm speaking Lashon Hara. It's the essential idea that we're, that we're fragmented. You're, I th- there's a certain coldness. I'm talking about, there's a lacking of warmth. There's a lacking of deep identification and connectivity between the people. You're you, I'm me, and we're two different. And therefore, I, I, that Indian is what Moshe Rabbeinu was pointing, what he was seeing in the Jewish people. It's not... The, 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 the harm or the this or the that. One aspect. He was, see, Moshe Rabbeinu had this deep empathy for the Jewish people. He had the deep care. He felt their pain so deeply. Every day he would walk out and he sensed their people and he saw them as a people. He saw them as a people in suffering. He saw them as a people in which they're all unified. And suddenly he sees, he comes to a Jew and he sees suddenly... Moshe Rabbeinu was stung by the coldness. See what, was, what, what hurt Moshe? The coldness. He suddenly sensed an icy relationship. The fact that these two people turn, turn to him and they say, oh, you're going to kill us like you killed the other guy. And suddenly they're pointing out something bad about Moshe with such a, uh, with such a um, as you say in Yiddish, kalt blutik. Like it was... It, Moshe Rabbeinu sensed for the first time a certain iciness and a coldness in the connection of the Jewish people. And when he felt that, he felt that, 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 that they're not worthy for redemption. Why? This brings us back to what we were saying before. The redemption means that right now, the Jewish people are going to become, they're going to really formulate, they're really going to metamorphosize into one entity, one Matthias as a people. So therefore, Lashon Hara, this, 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 this fragmentation, the sense of, 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 of I am, I am me and you are you, is a contradiction to, this, to, the, to the unity, to the oneness of the Jewish people as being a people. But, but to understand this and get a better understanding of it, because you might say, well, they, didn't, they haven't yet become a people yet. This is before. Let's understand something. And that is as follows. We know that um, we take a look in Rambam. Let me share with you a fascinating Rambam. Rambam says in the beginning of the laws of Avodah Zarah, in the beginning of the laws of idolatry, Rambam speaks about, because, look, because really what I'm trying to answer right now and addressing right now is, is, is uh, the, the one idea, well, how come, the, the, how come this is harmful dafka to the Jewish people? Other nations also become a nation. Every nation, and what makes a nation a nation? A nation is a nation, is that the people are, it's a people, it's a one nation. So how come the, the, the Lashon Hara is not harmful? It does not d- destroy any other nation, but it destroys the Dafka, the Jewish people. So to understand this, we have to understand the level of what, what does it mean that when we become a people, 
different than when everybody else becomes a people. And why dafka for the Jewish people to become the people that they need to become? The Lashon Hara, and we said before, the Lashon Hara over here element is just the fact that, not even that I'm speaking the Lashon Hara, but that I'm able to speak the Lashon In other words, the symptom behind it, what's making me speak Lashon Hara, chas v'shalom, is the fact that I don't feel that you're me and I'm you. I feel that, and we don't feel that, that brotherness, that, 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 that brotherhood, that connection. So the Ramam says in the laws of Avodah Zarah, an amazing thing. He talks about Avram Avinu recognizing God. He speaks about the world was full of idolatry, and so on and so forth. Then the Ramam says, and finally Yaakov established a belief in his monotheistic belief in one Hashem. And then he, he, he taught Yitzchak, and Yitzchak taught it to Yaakov, and Yaakov taught all of his children, and so on and so forth. Fine. This monotheistic belief became stronger and stronger by the children of Yaakov. And all those who joined the, the, holy, the, the Jewish people, the Nasis Ba'olam, hear these words. It became in the world Uma, a nation, Shu Hashem. A people that knows God. Till that time there were individuals that knew God. But now there became a nation that knew Hashem. Until days passed, Bimitzrayim in Egypt, and the Jewish people reverted back to learn from the ways of the Egyptians, from the Egyptian culture, the lava de and they served idols. Kamoisam like them. Besides one tribe, Shevet Levi never, Shevet Levi always remained loyal to the monotheistic belief and to Torah and mitzvahs. Okay. And Shevet Levi never served Avoidazara. Fine. And here's what the Ramam says these words. Ukemat kot haya. It almost reached the point where the Jewish people would have fell into the darkness, like we know, to the point that they would have completely assimilated back into the paganistic world. The Iker Shashasal Avram, and almost that that seed that Avram Avinu had planted, almost um, disintegrated, and there wouldn't have been the monotheistic belief. In other words, we accomplished so much, but then God put the Jewish people in Egypt, kind of forgot them there. We were there for such a long time, and as a result of that, we almost undid everything that Avraham Avinu accomplished. Until Mahavas Hashem because Hashem loves us, and he, and he, and he guards the, the, the promise, Avraham Avinu. So then Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem chose Moshe Rabbeinu and he, sold, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he sent him. And hear this, as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu became a prophet, Ubachar, hear these words, Ubachar Hashem be Yisrael, and Hashem chose the Jewish people, Lenachla, as an inheritance, as his inheritance. He crowned them with mitzvahs, and he taught them the ways of his, his service. Fine. That's Maimonides. By the way, it's important that we learn Maimonides today because it's the Rambam's Yortzeit coming up on Chaf Teves uh, pretty, pretty soon. Um, is is Maimonides' is Yortzeit in a couple of days this week. In any case, so what, 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 when you read that, when we read that Rambam, it almost seems to imply the Jewish people were a nation already before. What does the Rambam say? The Rambam says when we came down to Egypt, we became, an, we became the Rambam says there became in the world a nation that knows God. A nation, that, a monotheistic nation, a monotheistic people. Rambam says clearly, the Nasus Ba'olam Uma, a nation. What are we saying now that the Jewish people didn't become a nation, they didn't become a people until Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim? But didn't we say from the, it says clearly in the Ramam that they were a people. So here, here are the depth. The Lubavitcher Rebbe says something so deep. Aye. Only the Rebbe can say something so deep. What does he say? He says like this. 
He says earlier when the Jewish people became a nation in Mitzrayim, they were a nation. They were a nation out of their doing. They became a nation. Why did they become a nation? They all had the same belief system. They all believed what Avram Avinu believed, which was the belief in one God. And that belief distinguished them from all the rest of the people in the world. That's what made them into a nation. So what, distingu- what, what makes a nation into a nation? The fact that they all live in a certain area and they all speak a certain language. That's what made them into a nation. The Jewish people as well. The belief system of belief, or their belief in, in, in their faith, in their, in their denial of the, of the uh, gods that everybody else served, everybody else worshipped. They believe in one God. That itself gave them the status to become a nation. They became a nation, and they became a nation. What? Again, they made themselves into a nation, and they became this nation with what? With their monotheistic belief. Or, or rather, we don't have to say they made themselves. They evolved into a nation because they evolved into this belief. What happened by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim is something very, very fundamental changed. What happened by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim was that the reason they be, the Jewish people became a nation was because God chose them as a people. Okay, I just dropped a bomb. It's huge, it's a big thing. There's a very big difference. I want a reaction, okay? What, 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 what happened? What's the difference? It's one thing to make yourself into something. And by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, Asher Bachar Banu, the Abishter, God Almighty, the infinite creator, the power of all powers, the source of all sources, the ultimate, right? And he is dis- designating the Jewish people as his nation. Wow, that's what unifies us. That's why we are now one entity. We're one shtickle. We're one piece. We're one, we're, why? Something infinitely greater than a choice that we make to believe in. It's God choosing us as his people, and he chooses us as his inheritance as his inheritance. Now inheritance means, you know what inheritance means? Inheritance means that this is eternal. This will never change. In other words, we become a nation and we are now a nation. Other nations dissolve, other nations disintegrate. Not every nation lasts forever. We the Jewish people are an eternal nation forever and ever because what makes us into into a nation is an eternal force that's choosing us as a nation. Now here's something the Rebbe says, ah, Unbelievable. He says like this, hey, now take a look. Now take a look. He says, well, what's a choice? What's a real meaning to say choose? And we spoke about this in many classes earlier. Choosing something really means that the, reason, that the, that the choice is being made because so you choose, not because of virtue. In other words, when you're choosing something because the thing deserves, the thing calls for it to be chosen, Okay? You have delicious, yummy looking sushi. And you have alta fashtunkene gefilte fish sitting here for three weeks in the fridge. Okay, so yes, fish and there's fish. And both of them are placed in front of you. Do you have a choice to take that old gefilte fish that's sitting there ready and smelling? And you have this, I mean, not much of, I mean, unless you don't want fish at all, but if you want fish, then you have this fish and you have that fish. It's obvious which fish you're going to choose because this fish is, is calling, it's begging to be chosen. A real choice is when you have no preference one over the other and yet you're choosing because so you're choosing. It's bechirachafshis, free will, meaning nothing other than the fact that you're deciding to choose it. We say the Abish that chose the Jewish people to be a people not because of our virtues and not even because we were a monotheistic people who believed in him. 
The Abish that chose us because so he chose us. That's it. That, that's what happened. The Chiddush by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. He is chosen. That's when we say that we were born as a people. That kind of a people. As a godly people chosen by God, we were born then. Now to illustrate this, he, hear this. Hear the depth of this. Oh, this is so good. I'm excited. To hear, watch this. The, the, to illustrate this. To illustrate the depth of this idea. Watch this. What does the Abish to do? He lets our monotheistic belief rot. Follow what happened. The Jewish people had to dafka come to a state where they lost their holy, deserving beautifulness. Avram Avinu was so attractive. Yitzchak was so attractive to Hashem. Yaakov too, because These were beautiful people with beautiful Messiris Nefesh, with all the godliness that they had. Deserves to be deserving in Hashem's eyes. But Hashem says, that's not why I'm taking I'm going to take you because I choose you. And therefore, I'm going to make you look exactly the same like the Egyptians. That's what happened. They looked like Egyptians. They both serve idols. And now I'm choosing you. That's why we know that there is no sin in the world that can get in the way from getting the Jewish people from, being, from going out of Mitzrayim. There's nothing in the world that we can do, no corruption that we can do that can interfere in the Giyula. Because the Giyula is not based on any virtue. It's not based on we having any kind of equality. Because God is choosing us not because of equality. Just because he is choosing. There's only one Avera. There's only one thing that can get in the way. He's choosing a people. A people need to be a people. So the people need to be unified. If they're not unified, then he has nothing. What is he choosing? The definition of what he's choosing is a people he's choosing. So he doesn't choose one person. Now, the truth is, the Ebershter did choose one person as well. There were two stages in Hashem's Bechira. When Hashem chose us as a people, one happened by Mitzrayim and the other one happened by Har Sinai. Two stages in how the Abishta chooses the Jewish people. In Mitzrayim, he chose the Jewish people collectively as a people. By Har Sinai, when he gave the Torah, he chose every person individually. By giving that person individually the mitzvahs, that's why it says, Anoichi Hashem, doesn't say Elokechem, I am your, I'm, I'm the God of you guys. Hashem doesn't say that. I'm your God. And the Medrash says that every person felt as if the Eberster by Matan Torah is only speaking to them, not to anybody else. But that was phase two, which happened at Har Sinai. But by Mitzrayim, first Hashem chose a people. And therefore they needed to be a people. And with, if the people are fragmented, and, what's the, and what's, what's the proof of the fragmentation? The proof, the proof of the fragmentation is if it's natural, it comes to you easily to say something bad about someone else. If that person is your kinship, if that person is your brother, if, 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 we're, if we're all a people, how can I say something I don't say bad about myself? It's because I feel like you're an other. Oh, that contradicts the Abish is very Bechir, I can't choose. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was saying that this Indian is standing, this is the problem, not allowing Gula. Now let's take that a step further. This will also, we'll see, let's go back to that other medrash we spoke about earlier, where the medrash says there are four merits the Jewish people needed to be redeemed. Four merits. And there it's not just Lashon Hara. It's four merits. And by the way, this already answered the question, why we're saying, we're not emphasizing the fact that they were informing. See, the fact that they're informing and hurting another Jew is a sin. It's a sin. Like if someone murdered someone else, it's a sin. 
If I'm taking you because you're fine, you're able, you'll never sin, you're such a kind, generous, good person, if God is choosing us because of that, then having these faults and these flaws are getting in the way. But since the choice had nothing to do with, with, with that, it's the Abraham's choosing because he's choosing. Therefore, the fact that we're harmful to each other in terms of the idea that we would inform, that's not Negea. That's What's Negea is the Lashon Hara part of that. The very fact that I can speak bad about you is already a sign that you're not me. That's it. We don't, meaning, of course, the informing is Lashon Hara plus. But we don't need that. Just the idea that we can speak chas v'sham, lashon hara on each other is showing a lack of that, that singular. We're not, we don't see ourselves chas v'shalem, as a singular cell, as a singular organism. Just as a... Okay. But now we'll also understand the medrash that says that the Jewish people needed four merits. If you take a look at those four merits, those are all four merits also that is giving us, a ne- giving us an identity as a people. We didn't change our, our language. We don't change our names. So when you have a population of, let's say, 30, billion, 30 million uh, Egyptians, and amongst them you have 5, 10 million Jews, or let's say you have 100 million Egyptians, and amongst them you have 30 million Jews, and the Jewish, Jewish people remain an identifiable entity. They don't have different names, different language. And think about this. The fact that they're not saying Lashon Hara, but the Lashon Hara that the Medrash is talking about is not the Lashon Hara that I'm talking about now. The Lashon Hara, the Medrash, you see clearly from the Medrash when it lists the three things, the Medrash says is that they did not inform to the Egyptians when Moshe Rabbeinu came to tell them that they should borrow, they should borrow clo- clothing. Remember Moshe, one of the first things Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Jewish people, Hashem sent to tell the Jewish people that when I'm going to take you out of Mitzrayim, you're all going to borrow from the Egyptians gold and silver and we're going to sneak out of Egypt. We're going to take it away. We're not going to give it back. Moshe said that to them. Yet, and this was 12 months before they actually went out. During those 12 months, the Medrash says, no one passed on this information to the Egyptians. That's what we mean, they didn't have Lashon Hara. So what does that mean? It means that they, their, their loyalty was, they, they, they were, put it this way, they were a community within another community. They weren't one community with the Egyptians. They were distinguished. Because if they weren't distinguished, then they would have spoken to the Egyptians, given this information. So here again, the emphasis over here is the distinguishing of the Jews amongst language, Russian, uh, uh, language, uh, names, they're not passing information to the Egyptians, they're separated, segregated from them, and also they're, they're, they don't have arayas. Arayas means they're not marrying with the Egyptians. They're keeping separate. That's one thing. But that's also emphasizing this idea that the Jewish people kept themselves as a nation. But here we're dealing with something else. Here we're dealing within that idea, not so much distinguishing them from the Egyptians, but more about who are they amongst themselves, who are they? Are they one entity? Or are they a fragmented bunch of people together? A group of, of, of multiple people? Or are they one entity? That is the gay one thing. They don't speak Lashon Hara. And that's what the Medrash says, that for just speaking Lashon Hara itself, chas v'shon, that can hold back the gay now we'll take it to the next, the last point, and this is the. This will also explain, as I mentioned earlier, what are the two things? Because they spoke lashon hara, they're not deserving to be redeemed, and chas v'shalem. Also, they deserve to be enslaved, from all the other nations. It's that the Jewish people deserve to be enslaved. Take the, and that is as follows. You see the root. Why. The root of of of. Um, 
of why, the, a deeper understanding of why by the Jewish people it is so important, this oneness. Again, God chose us as a people. So as a people, we have to be one. But on a step deeper even than that. You see, our, our national identity is that we are a, 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 uh, the channels of Kedusha to the world. Holiness dwells. We bring the holy reality into the world. Each nation has its, its character, its contribution. We, the Jewish people, bring God into the world. Other people bring other things. Arts, this, that. Every nation has its contributions that they make. That's unique. But, the, but, the, but here's a very important idea. When you are channeling God into the world, you're channeling Kedusha. The staple of Kedusha, the very, very um, fingerprints of Kedusha is Achtos, unity. Kedusha is, Kedusha is God, one God. So everything has to be, everything is, 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 is unity, is oneness. That's why we find also that when Yaakov Avinu comes to Mitzrayim and he has 70 children and grandchildren, the Torah refers to them all as one soul, nefesh, one soul. Because their holiness, holiness, what characterizes holiness is unity, echod, shema, what's our main declaration of Kedusha? Shema Yisrael, Shem Elokeinu, Shem Echad, achtos. Kalipa, the unholy, anything outside of the Jewish people until we make it holy. The world is going to become holy. But initially the world, the Kalipa, the unholy, what make their definition is, or what defines them is the opposite. Uh, Pirud, Rishusarabim, multiplicity. For that, that's who they are. So even when they're a nation, and even when they join together, it's a, it's, it's a type of unity that involves, that still retains a certain individual separateness of every entity. They're unified on the one flag, on the one banner, they have certain political views, certain ideological views, certain spiritual or religious views that makes this nation, kind of joins this nation as a people, but yet still the individuals are still separated because that's what Kalipa is. Kalipa is a fragmented, it's representing that which is disjointed in the universe until Mashiach comes. The Jewish people are a keli and a vessel to draw down God of unity. And here's an amazing thing. What is it that is the, that, that is the most, um, um, what is the, the, the strongest cause that causes fragmentation? And the lack of unity is ego. In other words, when there is an inflation of self, self-importance causes, a few people come together and they're very, very important in their own eyes and they're here to work on something Everybody says, you know, I want to, this one has his opinion, and it has to be his way. If you don't want to do it my way, then forget about it, then out. Why? Because you're stepping on me. I am important. So the, the secret of unity is bittel. Is the, it says, the Ebershter says it about the Jewish people. Atem ha-ma'at amem. You're the fewest of all people. And Rashi says it means mematem es atzmechem. You make yourself small. In order to be able to get along, many people to be able to unify with each other, is when I'm not such a metzias, I'm not such an important, I'm not, I'm not inflated in self, I'm able to hear you, I can create space for you. The space is because I can, because I'm, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not you know, uh, boasting my metzias, my, my existence. So we can all unify, we can all be joined together. And so we're, that's what we know. So the root of fragmentation is gaiva, a sense of self-importance, and the root of, of achtus is anava, humility, and that humility brings us together. And therefore you find an interesting thing, and literally we're finishing with this point, therefore we find a very, very amazing thing, that 
when people, even people that don't get along with each other and they're arrogant, chas v'shalom, if they're put through difficult things that crushes their ego, they go through a hard situation, so that creates a certain connection between everybody together. Because all the people harmonize and join together because they're, 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 they're being crushed. Because they're eagles. And the Gemara says, the, the Pasuk says, Vayishman Yeshurin, when the Jewish people became fatty, which means they became fattened with wealth, Vayivot, that's what creates this inflation of self and the lack of ability to get along with each other. Chas v'shalom, a brokenness, and when the people are broken and their hearts are broken, that allows for the closeness and we feel one close to the other. So therefore, here's what happens. When Moshe Rabbeinu, these are, now we'll understand the two phases we said before. For the Jewish people to be redeemed, they needed to be unified. If there is Lashon Hara amongst them, as we spoke earlier, it's showing on fragmentation. They're not unified. Then the Eberster can't choose them as a people because there's no people like we spoke earlier. And he, there's no people. So what happens now? But, but there is a promise. Hashem promised Avraham Avinu. He has to take them out of Golis. It's a must. It's not Shaykh to say, okay, no Giyula, goodbye, it's off, I'm, not, I'm, I'm out of this. There's no, there's no, no, the Abish to promise. So now, once you have a need to bring Giyula, but you can't bring Giyula because the Jewish people are not Biachtas. Here is a chas v'shalom, a horrible thought. So there is no choice. So now, ma, this is what Moshe says, I didn't understand why do they deserve to have this extra oppression? And the answer is, because they need the oppression to break their hearts so they stop being so into themselves. And in that brokenness, they'll care about each other. As they're broken, as they're going through such hardship, they'll see, they'll feel that's when their humility will lead them to the oneness. So that's, it's two separate things. What's not allowed, the giyula can't come because there's no achtos, that's number one. But in order to solve that, to take care of that problem, Rashi says in the next Rashi, it's two Rashis, now I know why they need the oppression. The, the oppression is part of the tikkun. It's part of the fixing of, 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 the, of their lack of unity. We have to fix their unity, chas v'shalom, through breaking them. And in that brokenness, their egos will be deflated. And when their egos will be deflated, they'll get along with each other. And that was the fright of fear. It became known the matter. Two separate in Yonah. And that's taka what happened afterwards. The, 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 the suffering intensified. And as we said before, they did shuva, And they got along with each other. And they went out. So now where do we stand now? Where do we stand now? I don't remember in history of the Jewish people as far as I know it. Meaning as far as I'm alive. I don't remember a moment when Jewish people cared or showed a national display of unity in a sense where people felt the pain and the misery of another person in a manner where in, in, a person that's not from their community and not from their kind. When, 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 when Shalom Mordechai Rabashkin was in jail and when he came out, the sense of, of that, that spontaneous burst of joy from Chassidim, from Monroe and Williamsburg, from Satmer Chassidim, for a Lubavitch Chassid. Satmer and Lubavitch had very ideological differences. The joy in Lakewood, Lakewood and Lubavitch had very ideological differences. Borough Park, Williamsburg, Munsik, from all across, men, women, children, people, two things, feeling the pain of this, and at the same time, the rejoicing as if this was a personal redemption that happened to me. 
This is Mamish, what the Abishter is waiting for. This is what he's looking for. If there ever needed to be a, 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 a show, okay, again, it's not about the Lashon Hara. It's about the underlying element that causes the Lashon Hara. As we spoke earlier, that, that you're you and I'm me, and I don't feel, it's that lack of warmth, that lack of attachment. And here we saw that the natural oneness of the Jewish people just suddenly came to the surface. Like the, the story that was circulating now, that, 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 that one of the elements of the release was that it was a boy who, who, who has his own challenges, physical and health, and he asked for, the, for, for whatever, an organization that gives you a wish or something, or, he, or I don't know if that was exactly how it happened. Again, there was questions on the story, but the idea is true. And he asked that he wants to give a letter. He had a one wish to make, and he asked to give a letter to Trump. And over there, he, Pasha was crying when he wrote the letter that he should please let this, this person go out of jail. And that was one of the things that suddenly moved his heart. And, he, and two days later, they put this on us, but on the fifth day of Hanukkah, on the eighth day of Hanukkah, wow, where does a kid, I think in Lakewood, have such a feeling for a year he never saw, and yet this is his personal problem. This is the intrinsic Unity and oneness of the Jewish people. There's absolutely no excuse anymore from above that the Geulah Shalema should not happen now. We're just telling the Abishter, hurry it up while it's good. Because it's good now. Azayah is good. Make it happen already. Don't wait. It's good. You have it already. The Abishter should see that the time is now. Let Moshiach come and see the Geulah Shalema. Take it from Eyal Mamash right now. Share one name, and I read she